Don't you always start with a high five? Yeah, we can, well sometimes, we haven't been doing it as lately. We should do it. Okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> well, here we are, back up for discussion. It's been a little while. We took a short break and we are ready to launch a new series where we include some of our kids, our adult kids. This is Justice <laughs> and Low Keel and newly married two years in. About to have our second anniversary. Wow. And they're currently staying with us for a short time while a house is under construction. It could be longer. We might come back. It's fine. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying my grandson. Exactly. That's the most important and, part. We love them as well and, and our son-in-law. But it's okay. I'm enjoying the grand. The help with the grandson. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just a win-win all the way around. Yeah. So we thought we would do this a little differently for the next few episodes and give them an opportunity to ask us questions. We literally are coming into this blind. We have no idea what Justice is about to ask us. <laughs> I told her we can go surface, deep, all in between, theological, notice I'm pointing over here when I say that, or just drawing out general wisdom of life, whatever is on your mind and heart. So what you got for us? Yeah, just this, this is gonna be good. Yeah, I just wanted to preface with saying that this is sort of, I feel like, dad and I's relationship in general, because I just always sure. am like, dad, I got new questions for you. <laughs> And then mom has to listen to us have a really deep theological, philosophical conversation that she does not care about for like two <laughs> hours. <laughs> and because it's always, it's not because you're it's just, not interested it's just, in things. It's because it's such yeah. an obscure topic. So I have like kind of slightly more obscure, but like still where people will be interested for dad. And then a more relational question for you. I really only have three questions, but I figure There'll be rabbit trails, yeah. and honestly, Dad and I could talk about one question for days. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Mom and, and I did too, so that would. Uh, yeah, I have my notepad with me because I knew oh, that these smart. would be questions that he would especially want to answer. But what happens is, I think of a little something I want to say, and then this brain forgets by the time I can say it. So I, I, I might have done write. the same thing because well. ever since having a baby. I can't remember anything. So you could use your phone. That's true. I'll just use my phone. If you see me using my phone, that's why I'm not texting while we're filming. <laughs> okay, so my first question is not really like concise. It's more just like let's talk about this topic and you'll both have thoughts about it. Um, and it's kind of along the lines of like Christian liberty, but the balance of Christian liberty and living with community and Personal experience is that I'll post things online and I'll have like random people that I don't know Doing a confrontation that they don't really I don't think that they have a place in my life To make like literally random people like oh yeah, and, and the, it's never like hey have you considered this other perspective? It's like you're a blasphemer, you know, and I'm like oh. that's kind of unfortunately how it goes on social media But yeah, so wait, let's make sure we're understanding no, what you mean yet. by liberty you mean yeah. like the freedom to say things or have different convictions in someone yeah, else? Yeah, the liberty on, on the gray areas of scripture where it's like, for example, we're called to dress modestly, men and women, but what does that exactly look like? 
I don't really think that that's something that is supposed to be imposed. I think it's something we're supposed to seek the Holy Spirit for and, you know, ask for other people's who we respect input on, but ultimately we have to take responsibility for like our choices with those things. So for me, one of those things, an example would be social media. Um, I think that's probably where most people experience this today because most churches, I don't feel like probably even are involved enough in people's lives to have a place of calling them higher in certain things. Um, but I also feel like, Dad, you're going to have an interesting perspective on this because you grew up in the opposite extreme. And for those of you who don't know, you were in a cult where literally you got called out on everything. like Very legalistic. Yeah, for playing soccer, you had a spirit of competition. They just like put a, slapped a spiritual label on everything fun. And so... Yeah, I, I'm interested to hear both of your thoughts about that, but I thought let's start with Dad because of your background <clears throat> with the cult. So, okay, so just as, so specifically, like, what guardrails do I think are safe or good guardrails? If, yeah. If you had to do the, the, the simplest entry question regarding to that, yeah. rather than a comment on... Um, Maybe oh, I, I can do that too, but I, let's hit like wanted, three main things. I have things. a feeling you want to go in a certain direction. One is, let's talk maybe advice to people who are like leaders in um, their church or their local spiritual, whatever people are doing for their spiritual community growth. Um, <clears throat> like Chris and I, my husband and I are like sort of in a leadership type of role. And so for people like us, we're, when should we say something to people? When should we not say something to people? I think that's You mean good... if they're doing something like in public or on social media that you think Confrontation. is not appropriate for a follower of Jesus, yeah. when as a leader in the body of Christ should you... Say something or not say something. Or respect their liberty and be like, hey, you know what? Like that's and honestly, I I will also preface this with personally, at this point, I don't think that there is like a black and white answer because Okay, so what is the responsibility of a leader to others? Okay, that's one part. You said you have three parts. Well, I'll just jump. Yeah. But after that, I want to talk about also specifically with social media, because I think that's a whole other yeah. Thing. Well, and you mentioned a couple of things. One is, yeah, if you're a leader, so that puts another, um, another level of accountability, sort of. Yeah, a, a, just a layer of comp. I don't know if we could say complexity to it, but um, there is, you know, something more that's, we'll say, expected of you if you're trying to represent. I'm confused. A Christian perspective. Are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm already confused. Are you asking, should Christian leaders call out others? Or no, are you I saying, think, should think, Christian leaders, what level of accountability should they have for what they do or say publicly? Both. And should they be called out? Um, okay, maybe maybe both, but I, I, I think Dad was going somewhere. Which one were you going with? Well, they could go... <laughs> <laughs> in and out of in and out of both and I think something Justice said um, to start with is there's not clear black and white rules probably is why you want to discuss them too and and it's different if we're talking about 
interaction conversation that's taking place, we'll say in a church setting. Right. You're right. standing over the pulpit and what no. do you say? Oh, yeah. And then, but in a way, a social media platform is a pulpit of sorts. Um, True. There's a voluntary congregation that's there. It is a voluntary congregation. So, um, as opposed to, we'll say, in a church where the congregation could consider themselves as being, well, we're part of the accountability, we'll withhold giving or not giving if we don't like what's what's mm. taking place. Um, and yes, I grew up where, uh, you know, the cultish atmosphere I was in, everything was strained at, as Jesus told the Pharisees, you strain at gnats. And so... <laughs> Yeah, they um, yeah, they could have been in competition with the Pharisees. <laughs> we weren't allowed. This is a while back, so we weren't allowed to yeah have mustaches, mustaches dress like a hippie spirit, and, hippie spirit. and so playing sports <laughs> was a competitive spirit, and so all these things. Um, I don't have a hippie spirit. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's just um, um, so different. I don't know that I have clear guardrails and guidelines for it. I think just different scriptures and realities have to be considered. Um, clearly, New Testament instruction is yeah. that we understand that people are looking at us. Paul would be the one, Paul was not afraid to go into more, we'll say, uh, you know, no, micromanaging. Kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And just like, hey, don't stumble your brother. And so in, in modern context that's hard for a lot of people like hey i don't want to have to watch what i'm saying at every turn i need the freedom to say what i want and so you have to balance yeah, maybe we can like go off on that for a second because there has to be a balance even to that with what paul said like about not causing your brother to stumble because everyone is responsible for their own sin that's one truth you have. And then the other truth you have is that you also don't want to cause people to stumble. And so, I don't know. How do you not take that too far? Because I hear that and I go, okay, so am I supposed to take like the most precautions possible? Because if so, I could be here in a burqa, wrap my head up. You know, I could, I could just literally never say anything at all and just walk around with a black sheet over my body. And that and is... Never stumble anybody. Yeah. And just be a silent servant and just, you know... So obviously that would be an extreme, that would be a problem. And this is where I, I really struggle in not going into one of the two ditches because I want clarity. So I guess, do you have advice for someone who's kind of feeling that same way? You don't wanna be extremely legalistic. I don't even know if you would call that legalistic, but it's like going too far. One Maybe we should give some examples of like what what we're talking about. Like you gave modesty as one example. Um, um, okay, I can use my personal experience from this week. <laughs> I shared a video on social media that had a curse word in it. And it wasn't just like a curse word in it. I would say it was like pretty prominent, like straight off the bat. And I honestly don't think it was like objectively wrong. Um, but I had some, I had some strangers calling me out. I had strangers telling me that they thought it was ridiculous that people were calling me out. I had people that I love telling me they didn't think I should share it and people that I love telling me that that was ridiculous and I was helping people 
to not be judgmental. So I, I had every kind of reaction you can imagine. And at the end of the day, I decided to take it down because I think that one, what one of my friends brought to my attention is that this might hurt um, my ability for my book to like do as well because she has a, a book a coming out, book coming out book, soon. Yeah. yeah. And I want people of all different backgrounds to feel like they can learn from my book and I might give off the wrong perception because not everybody knows me. Not everybody knows my character and knows that just because I shared that doesn't mean that I'm would, I would never promote that. I would never talk that way myself. I would never like, I'm offended by cussing, honestly. And the reason I did it was but just for the algorithm. And okay, so this is, this is, here's an example. Wait, we need people to understand. <laughs> so an algorithm basically means in TikTok world, if you use a certain song that, or a, an that's audio trending. that's trending at the time, then it automatically gets seen by more people. It kind people. of sucks your video into like this little tornado that's everybody's gonna see now. Yeah. And the story I was sharing is something of just God really providing healing for yeah. my for my story with endometriosis. I had endometriosis for 10 years and God, you know, he heals supernaturally sometimes, but sometimes he heals through doctors and he supernaturally brought us to my doctor who So the story was really good that yeah. you had attached and this little thing. Song, which it. I thought it's not that big of a deal. Like people know me. They know that I don't talk this way. And I want people who are not believers to see my story as well. And they're more likely to see it. So for me, I had like, I would say good intentions and pure intentions even in what I was doing. And I thought like anybody who is offended by this and can't see that is probably being legalistic. Um, and so when my friends who didn't see it that way talked to me about it, like I, I, you know, understood where they were coming from. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's probably true. That was not a fun thing for me to have a friend come to me and say. It was humbling. Yes. <laughs> that's <laughs> a nice way to say it. It doesn't feel good. But I also want to, I want to be open to people that I love and trust speaking into my life. I don't want to be an island. And so, yeah, I guess... So let me jump in and then let mom jump in on this. So there's a couple (laughs) points and principles. You know, there's something I'll always tell you. I think we'll both say a lot that the right path has a ditch on either side. I talk about this a lot in my book. Funny enough. (laughs) Okay. And so, um, and another thing I like to say is like keeping truth sometimes is like, um, keeping a balloon up. You have to keep tapping yeah, it on the balancing side. And if you just go too far on, on one side. So for instance, on what you're talking about, there's a scripture, the fear of man is a snare uh, to you. And it's, you can say it in all kinds of other different ways. But basically, if you're afraid of uh, what people are going to say about you and you just can't be who you are, then you're going to live a handicapped life. And so there's like, okay. Um, but you can... Pull that into the ditch. I think another thing we like to say is truth is held in the tension of two truths. So then there's a truth we're just talking about is like, hey, make sure you're not, not, particularly the scripture and Paul will talk about offending someone who's weaker. And it could be weaker in their conscience. And so what's really hard, it's easy when you have a conversation with someone like trying to discern what is your, how is their conscience. But when you're social media, 
then it's like you may have 50-50. You may have 50% weaker Which conscience. I think I also don't have like a really good grasp on that at this yes. point either. I don't feel like I have... I interact with my social media like it's my close friends and I, I have to kind of realize that it's not. It's I think I have like 7,000 people on there now and that's not huge, but that's if you're in a room full of 7,000 people, that's a lot. Right. <laughs> so So those are just questions you have to ask. Like if we apply it to you, which probably what everybody has to do is sort of apply it to themselves, is you have to ask yourself those questions. You have to make sure that you're not so hanging on your truth uh, that you're emphasizing at this stage in your life. Well, you have to you have to ask yourself those questions, and then bottom line, so many of these things is okay. Holy Spirit, what are yeah. what are you saying is okay for this? Are, are you getting any direction from this conversation <laughs> we're having? I know in some ways it's um, may not be specific enough. I don't know. Well, you can ask. We could get more specific if you want. Sure. I mean, I will just kind of step back just to say it's such an honor and a privilege to be able to be close enough to our adult daughter to have, the, to have these conversations and to watch you process with the Lord. Yeah. And I think that that is so key because we all are in different places in our journey of, of sanctification or holiness. And one thing that, um, you and I have talked about this over the last couple of days, um, the specific incident that you're talking about. And I so respect the fact that you don't want to be pushed into a corner where you feel like within your own relationship with God that you're having to perform for him. And that's a fine line yeah. between yeah. in our relationship that's... with God, between performing for him and performing for others. They're, they, they get enmeshed. And we've never wanted you to feel like that with us. And we do know that you, you respect us spiritually. So we so want you to own your own conviction. So I feel protective over that part of your heart and your relationship with God. But at the same time, I also know that you're strong-willed enough that we've gotten to the place where we can gently say things and you take it and make a decision and not feel pressured by yeah. our perspective. Yeah. So when you brought, when you showed me the story, probably right after you'd put it up, yeah. I was so excited to see the artistic part of what you did because it was really well done. These videos are super hard to do. They're like 30 seconds long, but they take, you know, an hour or more. It took me way too long because I don't know what I'm doing. That's part of what played into all this is that I don't know what I'm doing on TikTok. And so a younger person who is in the know was helping me and they're like, oh, nobody even cares about the cuss. And I was like, okay. So, <laughs> but when I heard it, when I saw it, I was like, this is amazing, Justice. And then when I heard the song, I was like, ah. I said, you know, I swallowed my, my, the way I really wanted to say it as a mom, what are you doing? You know, and said, I wouldn't necessarily put that song on there. Is that what you really want to do? Maybe you should take it down. And you explain, no, I just took forever trying to put this together and I didn't even realize how the song would come across on there. Yeah. Um, it kind of hit you after the fact. And so because of that, I also put like notices on everything. and was like, mm -hmm. mute this if you don't want to hear this, mute this. 
So, but progressing <laughs> through this as an example of the bigger topic that we're talking about yeah. is the accountability of not just, you know, leaders in a church, but the accountability of us as followers of Jesus who are representing the family of God, you know? Which to me um, is much more important, and I try to live in that mindset more than any other one because it helps me be less people-pleasy performance mm -hmm. mindset. But I think that it's part of, once you solidify, and only God and you really know, but once you're solid in that place of, I'm not having to perform for God, and, and this, this journey into holiness is not about how much he loves me or accepts me, then you still continue on in that journey. And at the core of that journey is a life laid down for others. And so it's, Which is the it's, hard part. <laughs> it's being considerate of like, how do the things that I say and the things that I do and, and the choices that I make, how do they affect the people that I do life with and I represent from other believers to family yeah. to who you work for or your company that you work for or, you know, whatever. So I, I think as we started, we were saying it is a gray area. And, you know, as far as strangers calling someone out, I, I just, I think that being on social media, we have a responsibility to know that we are choosing to expose ourselves. But we also have a responsibility as, as ones who are consuming social media to not get involved in someone else's business. You know, like it's, it, if you want a business. biblical term, yeah. to be gracious. Yeah, gracious or kind. Yeah, because you recognize that everybody is kind of on their own journey. Mm -hmm. And you, you look at the trajectory of their life instead of defining their entirety of their relationship with God by one post. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just something else that is part of the equation of this all and this, go back to the picture of how you keep a balloon up. You don't just hit the same spot over and over. It's like one side. Then you're always in corrective uh, mode. That's really how we begin to establish who we are, our character, our call. And so you're at a, at a stage. Um, you're not young in the sense you've known the Lord virtually your whole life. But compared to us, you're young. And... Um, and I feel young, but then I'm like almost 30 and I'm like, that's not so young anymore. <laughs> but here's, here's the example. So I, I was called to be, um, you know, from real young, the Lord told me I was going to be confronting a lot of things. And um, there's a lot more grace for people to hear confrontation from somebody who's over 60, been a pastor for 15 years in ministry. So I don't face what I did. But in the early years, it's like, what is this young whippersnapper doing? Yeah. But I was, even from my teens, calling out leaders and pastors. and Because of the cult. <laughs> partially with. that. But if I say, would I, in my present state, would I have said it the same way? I, I was probably too direct, too strong. So, you know, my balloon was... Uh, over here, but I was in the process of establishing and developing who I am. Yeah, and so it was important. I couldn't. There's um, when 
when you realize, you know, I've been reading Jeremiah, and so the Lord mm. told Jeremiah, now prepare your face. Their faces, don't let their faces throw you mm. off. They're going to be firm. They're going to look at you like you need to set your face, like there's a set your face like yeah. a flint type of thing. And so when you're, that's why there's, depending on who you are and what God is either correcting or adjusting, or, you know, if you've been a pushover, and if you feel like at this stage in your life, and this is not not you, but you could maybe lean tiny bit, like uh, I've been too people conscious and too, yes. then there's there's something you's like I need to establish that I'm not afraid yes. of criticism. So you're you're going to be over a little bit. And it's appropriate in 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 for you at that stage because it's part of your personal development. And then on the other hand, if you've been known as being abusive right. with your language and pushing people around, then there's Let's, let's not be, be yeah. doing this. So part of this, I don't think, I don't know if we're going into any full conclusion. It's a conversation, but, but all these dynamics are playing out on social media. Honestly, probably that's the most helpful thing is just people listening to us having a healthy dialogue because I don't feel like people, maybe that's even the answer. It's just like having conversations like this because this doesn't make me feel ashamed about what I did. It doesn't make me feel... But it still also isn't like, you know, patronizing or, or you know, the greasy grace thing. It's still like there's standards. Let's talk about it. But I don't feel like you guys are like, oh. Well, tell me if I'm right about this. I think your generation, not, not that we can, you know, absolutely cover everything about the, your generation conversation, but your generation wants much less accountability. Well, to be told what to do. They're like, just give me some thoughts, some ideas, and let me make that decision. And I feel that way. Then then our our generation <laughs> was much more, um, well, we're okay. You go ahead and t tell us the untruth. Of course, there's a, a kind of a full circle coming that you've been talking to us, I think you and Chris, in that your generation is starting to be ready for, you know, we really do want to hear from people we trust. What's right? What's wrong? There was a, like, we didn't, you didn't want that because like the church yeah. was, uh, you know, I'll say I don't want firmer it, intense, but, but I want it. And there I, I don't even like, hey, to that say, was a lot what you just said there. <laughs> I don't like to say it's even the flesh because I think, um, like what Paul's talking about the flesh, he's not talking about like our physical bodies, like our physical bodies are not a problem. Like they're a gift from God. So that I kind of like don't like to use that terminology, but it is okay. The difference between what is carnal, that's probably a better word in my mind. And what is eternal. My eternal part of me wants to know and wants someone to like call me higher when I'm not attaining that. There you go. But my carnal part is like, uh, Mind your own business. well, yeah. And it's just makes you feel embarrassed. It makes you, f and for me having people pleasing tendencies, it, hurts that part of me like oh I let someone down that I love um because I I feel I a more level of confidence than I ever had before in God's love for me and that he's not um disappointed disappointed me or angry but however you want to say it I feel God's grace yeah. um and I feel like I'm in a humble position before the Lord of like, I'm probably getting a lot wrong. I feel like I've reached the point in my life where I have looked back now and I can finally see, okay, this is just how life goes. Like you kind of do things to the best of your ability and you're still going to look back and be like, oh, wow. 
No matter it's what. True. It's true. I would I would kind of condense everything we just talked about and then you could maybe give us our next question. Yeah. Yeah. Into there is an accountability on us for our choices and how they affect other people. And there's an accountability on those that are affected by other people's choices. And so yes, we have to own the choices that we make, but when when we realize, even though maybe I'm not feeling that level of conviction that someone else is about what I just did, it did affect them. And so I'm gonna rethink it. I'm gonna swallow rethink any, it. you know, pride or whatever that's there that we don't like being called out and we don't like having to bend to what other people think and find that, have enough humility to find the Lord's voice through anyone that's speaking, whether they're a stranger calling us out and they really shouldn't be, or they're a friend out of love calling us out. It's like, okay, Lord, are you saying anything through any of these voices? And I appreciate how you had enough humility to recognize the Lord's voice for yourself in that and get the correct message out of all of the voices. And then on the other side, I think we have to realize that anyone that we're looking at, that we could potentially be offended by, whether it's a leader in our life or a family member or a stranger that we follow on social media, we have to realize that everybody is in their own process and their own pace with the Lord. Christians, non-Christians, we're all at our own pace and only the Lord truly knows where they're at. And so that's where that piece of being gracious with others and not judging somebody based on, you know, if they're dressing a little too immodest for you, you know, they're just, I can tell you as a parent, as a mother of daughters and sons and son-in-laws that they're all at different seasons and their level of accountability which matters the most, which is to the Lord, is all different right now. It's yeah. across the board. That's a good point. And, you know, we we have to respect, especially the next generation, but yet love people in our lives enough that we can be brave and in love with grace say, could I share with you how that came across to me? Yeah. You know? I think that is a very good way to do it also. It's like asking someone mm-hmm. if you can do that and being sensitive, like you said, to the different levels of accountability that people are at. Because I, another thing Paul talks about is that some people are convicted about different things. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that there's different truths because this mm-hmm. is where my brain would go. Does that mean there's different truths for each person? No, mm-hmm. there's one truth. But God is if you will, progressively revealing that to people as they become healthier and as they become healed in him. Mm -hmm. And so I also have to have that grace on myself sometimes because I have, I think for most of my life and only in the last couple of years have gotten out of this, put this pressure on myself to be like the sanctified heavenly version of myself on earth instead of being like, it's okay that I'm not actually healed and healthy enough right now to respond exactly how I need to. And I'm working towards that and and it's okay because of God's grace. And I'm so Mm -hmm. thankful for God's grace that he fills in for me 
when I don't respond correctly or when I miss the mark and don't dress, you know, a way that's honoring to him or don't speak a way that's honoring to the Lord, you know, just knowing that. And I think having that mindset will help you stay humble and help you in those moments where somebody does call you out because in the moment I wanted to be defensive. I wanted to like freak out and because I'm a very emotional person as well. <laughs> and so I just voiced that to my friend. I said, right now I am feeling a lot of things and I'm not going to land here, but I'm upset right now. And we just processed through it and it was good, but it didn't feel good in the moment. So note to yourself, it won't always <laughs> feel good. <laughs> well, as you go, go to the next question, just, yeah. you know, advanced maturity, advanced personal maturity. And so this, that means something rare <laughs> is to yeah. be able to laugh at yourself and not a kind of, means the same thing, not take yourself too seriously. Yeah. And cause that's what makes it where you can't smile or laugh at yourself. And so we're applying it in some ways to what justice is saying, but that's part of the development of our process and our character as well as where it should not on the one hand shock and surprises. It kind of show shows that we've come from a little bit of a perfectionist background where we can't, where it strikes us as being so horrible that the world just saw us be either slightly off or, you know, depending on what the situation, anyway, we'll, we'll apply it to, to, to something else when we get to another well, question. Good. But Okay. So, um, I was going to do your question next, but mom's question sort of flows into what we're talking about, it. but you can still answer in mom's question. But I think this is a particularly something that you're very good at and that is interacting with people who are completely on a different page than us um for example like y'all will go to things with family members that where it's just like a group of atheists there and just love on them and literally not even trying to preach at them or anything you'll just sit there mom will just sit there and say tell me your story how, how are you like and and love people so well and and they'll come back around and be like i've never had an interaction like that with a christian before um and even in our in our own personal lives with family members it's something we've all had to navigate so if somebody has let's say um a child or a sibling or a close family member who is just like totally on a different page and they're like struggling not knowing how to interact with them what's your general advice for them? Well, um, I, you know, there's just basic manners to start with. I mean, well, I don't think most a, people know basic manners Being anymore. a good human, um, it, it, it goes a long way in life, just being a good human. And I, I really learned that from my parents. Um, yes, I think there's something to being raised in the South when, you know, not that other people aren't taught manners, but it's a big deal here. Elizabeth, not and, to interrupt, but you got to tell as part of this good human is being a good listener. Cause this is what you've been, you've taught your daughters and everything. Yeah. So basic manners. Ask questions first of the other people. Yeah. 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 That's just yeah. basic manners. And then I'll get to the spiritual side of it. Cause that's a, that's the just, main yeah. part, but basic manners of just learning how to interact with somebody, everybody, 
unless they're really super shy, likes to talk about themselves. Um, and so just being able to ask, you know, you can go, a lot of people feel awkward socially. And as long as you stop thinking about yourself and think about the other person and how you can make them feel enjoyed and comfortable and heard and seen, I think is, is just at the heartbeat of what most manners are about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just being thoughtful, considerate, intentional. Um, it's, you get out of yourself. That's a big deal. And it's not about remembering all your P's and Q's. Um, it's about thinking of others and putting them first. You know, that's why you greet someone at the door instead of just saying, come on in. You know, you're like, you're bringing them in and it, it changes the dynamic of, oh, you wanted me here, mm-hmm. you know, and you introduce them to other people, even if you just met them, because you want them to feel like they're a part of something. I'm taking notes on that. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, you you, depending on who it is, you tell them either help yourself to whatever you want or sit right here while I get something for you. And if you walk into a party situation or whatever, you, you're thinking of, um, and this is the spiritual part. And I think this connects also with your question as it relates to actual like family members or people that you're close to, maybe people at your, your workplace who, Like you said, maybe you're on a completely different page in life with them politically or spiritually or culturally, whatever it is. Um, It's just the, the, the core question that I believe all of us have consciously or subconsciously with our creator is, do I matter? Am I, is there even an important reason why I exist? And and by its very nature, only what created it can give it its value. And so when we ask that question, what, what answers that question, I think, in our hearts with God, which we're called to reflect as he yeah. is, so are we in this world, is, does he enjoy me? When we feel literally enjoyed by God, um, and that's why I think so many people are drawn to nature because there's something in them subconsciously that realizes all this was made with me in mind. Mm-hmm. This beauty that I'm surrounded by in nature is because I um, was created to be enjoyed. Like this is for my pleasure. Um, mm-hmm. So I think just when we interact with others that we're not on the same page with, our responsibility and our privilege is to be a conduit of God's heart for them, which is God enjoys them just like they are, exactly where they are. He's not looking at them through eyes of fear or panic or disappointment. He longs for them. He wants them to live from a place of healthiness and how he originally intended them to be intimate with him spiritually alive but we're all various versions of that like nobody's arrived on this side of heaven yeah and so he's already having to choose to enjoy each one of us just like we are and i'm so grateful for that so if he can do that with me then how how can i do that with others how can i make the person in front of me feel 
enjoyed. And sometimes people feel the most enjoyed by being heard. Sometimes they feel the most enjoyed by being left alone. You know, <laughs> and you have to read somebody, you know, that's true. You don't talk their ear off if they, if that's not how they feel enjoyed. Sometimes it's just, it's just by showing up, just yeah. your presence being there. Yeah. And, um, so that's what we try to do even with our adult kids and the various things. I mean, think about it when you were a kid and you played you know, a sport or whatever, when your parents were there to cheer for you or just to, just their presence there and something that you did or yeah. their presence not there, that creates this level of trauma in someone. Yeah. So just not disconnecting. I love how Danny Silk teaches into all of that, but it's, we don't have to lose connection with people. I'm not talking about participating in anything that, you know, is evil or that, right that is compromised for you personally, but to the degree that you can yeah. be present and, be, and enjoy people that aren't like you, it's healthy. It's actually like God. Yeah. Well, and let me comment, because, you know, there probably should be a book, How to Be Like Elizabeth, on I just, agree. <laughs> just I agree. On, on, this, on this topic, yes, because she's literally, I think, everybody's favorite person to talk to, They're, yeah, everybody will say Everybody's the downside. Everybody's favorite person ever, they're always like, I love your mom. Yes, and they anywhere from they want to dump or want to tell or share, whatever word you want to say, um, call, call it on, on her. It because It's harder to enjoy certain people. I will be honest about that. <laughs> I know, but they don't know it because you do that. You allow, you, you make them feel like they're enjoyed and so, and that they're important. And it, that comes... It's not, there's not like the list of questions. It's body language. You'll see it on Elizabeth. You just pick up the acceptance. There's a smile and, and there's a question like she really cares. Um, and it's and, a conviction. I don't want people to think I'm faking it. No, you're not. You're but not what faking I, I'm trying sometimes, to, you occasionally. I'm trying I'll to be go, honest. I'm faking it. I'm but, trying to go. But you're not faking it because it's, you're, you're reflecting God's heart for them, which is not fake. Yeah. You're not faking it's it in the sense that you're doing it intentionally, yeah. but you don't necessarily feel it as deeply as you're, as you're showing it, which is good. But this is, I think this conversation is helpful for, um, you know, people, parents that don't know how to connect with, I think a parental trap uh, to get into, particularly those who grew up in the church is you see, we'll start with your kids, your kids, and then whatever relative, what other people are close. And you're just so aware. First thing, of how they're not measuring up. They're yeah. disappointing you. You did not raise them to be this, do this, or whatever. And so you do not know how to have a conversation with them at all. Just remember this part of the dialogue and what Elizabeth is talking about. There is, you're like, I don't know what to, what to say. And, and so you find, you find something, um, you, you find the safe topics that you know, and it's what you've been doing, how you're doing, what are you looking forward to? There's, in your book, you could have the foundational questions. Yeah, you got to write a manners were, book for us. <laughs> manners book is... And, Kingdom manners. <laughs> and, but it literally, it goes into the biblical thing. We've, you know, I have the message on, we have two legs. One's the leg of truth, one's the leg of love. And we have to learn to lead with love. Mm -hmm. And that's what Jesus did. The woman caught in the act of adultery, he did not tell her, go and sin no more. Until he had chased off all her accusers and also told her, neither do I condemn you. So it means, you know, there's the bridge, 
the love establishes the bridge. And so you let somebody know you're enjoying them. You appreciate them right where they're at, you know, with your kids and you're too aware of all the things they're doing wrong. You're like, you can find something. Wow, I'm loving the shoes you're wearing these days. I mean, I don't know if it's a good example, but something. And um, and so, you know, depending on how far gone you, th you think they are. And then you, you wait for the opportunity for uh, the truth um, most of the time, you know, as the conversation goes. They'll volunteer. As you inquire of them, there's something, well, I haven't been doing so good with, um, and there's some volunteer sharing of themselves and then that gives you a chance again then you still want to learn how to uh, not beat somebody over the head with truth because that's our other tendencies right, yeah. once we know we're right boom we're going <laughs> to um hit them over the head so oh, i think these this this is actually one of the biggest needs in the body of christ and in, in among our generations right now kind of in an unprecedented way i don't think it was like our generation um growing up there was just probably because there was more acceptance of manners and things. They're just like, part well, of, I think we're cheating because of social media. We're just, we're just getting used to not having to consider yeah. anything and just, uh, you know, this is a, a, my chance to, Hot I found takes. something. Yeah, yeah we yeah. get to finger point out at something. So, but yeah. culture has also definitely like deteriorated um, to a point where it was not at when you were growing up. Just culturally, we don't share the same morality as a nation that we once did. So I think that's part of what's playing into all of it. And I had sort of thought while you were saying all this, so hopefully this is okay thought to share, but even um, just everything that you were sharing about the manners and bringing someone in and everything, it was reminding me about um, this teaching. It's a Catholic teaching actually called Theology of the Body, but it's about how our spirits, um, our bodies give form to our spirits. It's basically the, the idea. And so your female body or your male body tells you something about your female or your male spirit because you and I carry the feminine part of God, his spirit, and dad carries the masculine part of God's spirit. And so our bodies tell us something even about like how we're supposed to function spiritually. And like we have wombs. And so whether you have a child or not, like spiritually, we're called to function in the same capacity of surrounding and protecting people and helping nurture them through their different stages and so I was even thinking as you're saying this like when you're pregnant with a tiny little baby you don't expect the baby to be able to handle the same things that like your 16 year old child will someday be able to handle and I think that sometimes Christians want to interact with everybody like they're 50 years old and been walking in the faith their entire lives and that they yeah. should be healed and and emotionally, physically, spiritually, all the different things and whole and just functioning totally normal. And it's like, especially as women, and I, I think for men, there's probably some similarity here that's more masculine, but I can only speak as a woman because I've just been thinking about this from a feminine perspective, is like we're called to give people space for their level of maturity in the Lord and mm -hmm. to protect and help nurture that stage. Mm -hmm. You don't interact with everybody like they have a PhD in Christianity. Mm -hmm. Some people are an embryo in the Lord yeah, still. And, and some people are more at that level. And you have to, it takes like wisdom and guidance from the Holy Spirit to perceive, is this person I'm interacting with PhD level or are they like six month old? Mm -hmm. And to give them 
what they need for their stage of development in yeah. the Lord. Well said. Thank you. Well, <laughs> and Jesse, with that, yeah, well said. It's, you know, social media has just changed everything. I think there was a lot more, um, we'll say yeah. just basic general kindness because that's what people, you didn't see each other that often. You didn't have that many, except for your very best two or three friends. And so the interactions with strangers, it's not going to go straight to rudeness. But that's sort of what what goes on on yeah. social media is particularly there's people that are just unhappy with themselves and they're like going to go through social media and where can I get back at the world and somebody for my for my own yeah. um, you know, personal lack of joy. Mm -hmm. And so there is a lot of just uh, swinging fist swinging taking place. We need a whole um, reformation of social media uh behavior on yeah. how, how how we do that what would be the what would be the right way because you were talking about there's like knowing are you talking to somebody who's in the womb or a two-year-old or a 10-year-old yeah. or 18-year-old 30-year-old the deal social media is if you have a platform you're talking to all of them so how do you get a message to all of them and that's that? why i went personally when i interact on social media i have like a what do you call it a, a value a core value of interacting with all people as if they're kind of like pretty young in the world, but not in a condescending way, in a way that's gracious, in a way that's kind, because you have no idea where someone's at. And when people take the time to actually help you understand something, instead of just being like, oh, you think that? Like, that is not a good response. No, that's a better assumption. That's a good assumption, Justin. I think that's a good guideline, actually. And it's honestly one of my biggest frustrations, even in um, conservative social media spaces, is I think that a lot of conservatives are just mean because we're puffed up and proud that we have truth because there's a lot of truth that we are the only ones talking about right now. But you, you cannot let that make you prideful and mean mm -hmm. because if you have truth, then... You need to have love with it. It's not about knowing truth so you can be like, oh, I'm right. It's about being freed. It's like Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And caring for another person enough to help them find the same freedom. Not like, ha, you're stupid and you don't know this and look what I know. Um, and so I try, I, and maybe I overcompensate, but I try to be very kind on social media. No, you are. And I think that's so good. That I get a picture as you're talking of like, putting a pretty enough wrapping paper on this gift of truth, well, somebody mm -hmm. will open it. And because if you're just throwing it at them, they Spraying don't... Spraying it in their face. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not going to. And that's really, that's our assignment as if we think through the grid of believers and Christians is how can we make this truth that maybe is not so palatable either for this generation, this people, what can we do um, to improve the presentation of this truth so that there's just not a recoiling because uh, you know, they're just used to recoiling yeah. and gut rejection of it all. But. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Do I don't even know how long this is supposed to be. Do we have time for another question? or We do. We, okay. we can close with this question. Okay, this question is not really related at all, and it's kind of one of those that Dad and I could like go on for a thousand years, <laughs> so it'll be interesting. But I'm just going to ask this one just point blank blunt do you think that catholics are idolaters oh wow it's good <laughs> nothing controversial and all that kind of stuff um well i don't have a, a yes and no 
answer, and it's not because a yes or no answer, and it's not because I'm trying to uh, be either politically correct, but it, yeah. it goes into all the things um, we've been talking about already. I was born and raised in Peru, South America, so most of my first 18 years were in South America. They are, for those who don't know, they tend to be 90% Catholic, and um, everybody who's now, quote, Christian, and it's huge growing uh, audience, Guatemala is 50%, 56% Christian, so there's a been a continual drain away from the Catholic Church into um, the evangelical, Pentecostal, charismatic. That's by and large the story. There's been some recovery in some places of uh, charismatic uh, charismatic Catholics have been some growing. So, so people who give their testimony in South America, it's always. Um, how they left the Catholic Church and they left and they'll have their, you know, excessive, that's a whole other question, uh, veneration of Mary, that can be for a, a different time, <laughs> and then idolatry and, and they will judge themselves in, in those kind of ways. But I, I have met and interacted and had enough conversations with um, Catholics. What comes to me and uh, immediately is one time in Peru in the plaza, two young ladies, about 20, and um, they're asking who we were and, uh, and, and find out at some point that I'm a minister. And so the one girl says, ah, you, you think we're, um, I, well, you just said, you think we're idolaters, don't you? And I said, I don't necessarily think that at all. I said, what do you think? And she said, well, it can't, then she just, it was self-disclosure, yeah. how it can be. Yeah. She says, I try to do it this way. And I just, is a point of contact for me to make a connection, but I'm not, my heart, I love Jesus. She goes on and on, her love for Jesus Christ. He's her savior. I go, I can't complain with anything you're saying. I can tell you shine yeah. with who he is. And so, um, you know, I think it goes into some gray areas um, where um, they're, they, they feel, we know from scripture, cloud of witnesses is watching us and so it's like okay does this mean we get to do do they get to pray for us or not <laughs> do they get to pray and so are we allowed to throw since they're watching us say hey by the way uh, uh, remember me and there's no doubt there's a part of um of the image stuff and and some of the ways you know uh, images like statues they'll set up or shrines that yeah kind of you thing. go to the catholic catholic church you you just there's a point you kind of discern like there has been a substituting that's not Jesus. They're talking with that image. They're not talking with Jesus. And and some but I mean it's a guest discernment kind of deal. So all that you know uh, So you're saying it's kind of like a fine line. There are some Catholics that that may lean more heavily on the side of ignoring so much of a personal relationship with Jesus and going more through the motions of religion and the icons that are in front of them or the shrines and that kind of thing because it feels more tangible. And then maybe there are also lots of Catholics that truly have a relationship with Jesus and they just happen to be Catholic in their, their culture of faith. Yeah, well, for instance, here's like a... a, a 
an example, great example, we could say. Um, I think I've heard you share this, Justice, about there's even a perspective, there's an understanding. Now we're just speaking into Mary, we'll say, because that's part of the, the basic, I, probably the number one accusation is that they're idolaters of uh, of Mary and they're attempting to go to the Father through uh, through Mary and you don't do it, you do it through Jesus. And then there's, you know, Jesus' very first miracle is um, somebody who skips going to Jesus goes to his mom and Jesus actually does something he wasn't going to do. He said, hey, woman, it's not my time. He's like, yeah, hey, they need new wine. They, the wine has run out here, so they need some more mm -hmm. for this wedding. And so you have even, we'll say, a, a, a Catholic theologian was sharing, hey, that's that was just a, a reality um, that there was something that Jesus' mother um, could then carry. You're telling Jesus, mom, because you want her to tell Jesus and so it's in the scripture there. We could quickly, of course, begin to argue. It's like, well, that's when she's alive and they're alive and all that. But then you go back, okay, there's a okay, cloud of witnesses. Okay, is she, but her spirit's alive. This is where you kind of, yeah, you kind of go back Well, then she's part of the cloud of witnesses. Yeah. So you get into, and yeah, we could argue this out and come up with right or wrong, sort of. And um, But it's, uh, it's an unfruitful... Um, it's not a unifying conversation. Yeah. To, well, it doesn't to divide over these things that are heart posture things, if you want to even yeah. say. It, but it, it, but just it also depends in what what we're talking about. Right, where right. who's speaking to what group where, and um, if you know people are listening to us and they're Catholics, you're like, hey, this is judge your own heart. Don't be idolatry, mm -hmm. uh, being an idolatrous and having something as a go-between, something you go to uh, instead of Jesus, um, um, the Holy Spirit or the, or the Father, um, that's just not a good idea. So there is a recommendation, be just be in self-judgment, um, self-discernment about that moving forward. Then there's if you're teaching a school. Right. Um, and, and you're... Are you, are you, yeah, are you like using this topic to like again, bash another like brother or sister in Christ? Are you using it, are you having a discussion? Or are you like teaching young believers theology? Those are different settings. But to me, a couple things here. One is that I, because growing up, going to Central and South America and seeing Catholicism mixed with a lot yeah. of other things, I would yeah. say a lot of mixture with witchcraft and weird superstitions and stuff that is outside of like the official Catherine doc Catholic doctrine. Um, I had a really like different idea about Catholics than I do now getting involved in the pro-life movement a couple years ago. I suddenly had all these friends who are Catholic and they were sharing with me things that helped me in my faith and they had a genuine relationship with the Lord. And it really made me have to do a whole re-examination of what I thought about Catholic people and so that's part of why I want to ask this question. The other thing is that we need to, as non-Catholic believers, be just as vigilant exactly. about yeah, We idolatry. have our own kind of idolatry. We really do because I've yeah. seen, um, you know, uh, hopefully, I mean, you can say if you don't agree with this, but I've seen people get idolatrous with the Bible in a way where they'll be like, or, or using the Bible as a medium between them and God. And it's yeah. like the Bible, 
this is uh, this is one of those things that you have to like balance what I'm saying because I believe that the Bible is the word of God that it's he gave it to us and communicated it to us clearly enough and that we are we're supposed to follow it but it's not meant to be a barrier between us and God it's meant to be a thing that helps us know how to go to him and and I've seen people be like, oh, I'm going to, even with, okay, the, the prophetic numbers and things like that, people can use that instead of having a relationship with God just the same way as a Catholic person could, the rosary could get between them and God. But the rosary could also be a tool of them actually praying and having a real conversation with the Lord. So let me throw it. That's, those are, uh, that's good stuff, Justice. So first of all, the Bible is the word of God, small w. And we find even our own tendencies to want to write it with a big W. Jesus is the big W word of God. <laughs> Jesus is the big W. And so it's not, no man comes to the Father, but by the Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures. It is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's the, the Scripture reveals them, but they are, they are who we to have relationship with. And there is some level of conversation and some level of preaching that I've heard that gets to a place of offense of my spirit. Like, how many of you know we have the word and the word? And so there's a way where you're trying to value. I like to say, yes, um, you know, read the scriptures. And it's life. good to love it. It's good to, like it's good to love said, it. Like David said. But, there, but there's a, there, there is even this a, a slight, uh, all of a sudden you can find yourself in the other, in the other realm. And, and um, I think, you know, just to hit on a couple things back and forth, <laughs> scriptures um, that talk about because the Old Testament's full of the Lord Himself bashing idolatry yes. and bashing you make from uh, you make from trees and you make from silver and gold and bronze and brands these brass these things you carry them around they can't move it's and and it goes you know it bashes all the things that look like images but clearly every single time He's talking about that and then the the commandment not to make these these images. Um, they are, they are ones, uh, it, you know, the command is, uh, there because they are clearly substituting the, these are substitutes yeah. for God. But then the part where it gets into a little close danger zone for the Catholics, because it says, don't make one of me either. Um, because it doesn't, he doesn't want that type of, um, connection with something that's not him in that kind of way so that there, there, that would be we'll say technically it crosses a, a line in that way we know that uh, if you go to book of acts and it talks about the outpouring of the holy spirit and it talks about you know there's now handkerchiefs and things passed around and so you have something it's like well why are you passing handkerchiefs? that's not jesus well it's something that is makes them connect better to Jesus. And, and Jesus was clearly honoring that the Holy Spirit was, the healings were taking place. Even the shadow of Peter, Peter, get in, she, in, in Peter's shadow and you're being healed. And Paul's, and it's like, hey, wait, 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 that's some substitutionary thing. So there is a thing where, kind of a natural thing where people, in order, you want, if there's something you can touch and palpable to help you connect to God in, in some kind of way, that we 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 use that, but then we do have to stay. Yeah. You know, you know me. I'm always saying like it does matter what the scripture says directly on on these things because that's part of 
I value the scripture not as G-O-D, capital G-O-D, but it is uh, the word of God in the sense that's truth that he is speaking has to be interpreted through the help of the Holy Spirit. But yeah, this is a good conversation. Thank you for answering my questions. Hopefully that's interesting for people to just, I don't know, think through these things because I one of my strong callings, I think, in life with the Lord, at least for like the last, I would say like 10 years, is about unifying as believers around what we have in common with each other. And um, so much of the church has gone woke right now and it has just embraced things that are anti-scriptural. And so our, our fellow like brothers and sisters in Christ who haven't done that, mm-hmm. who are Catholic, who are Calvinist, who mm-hmm. are Baptist, who are from these different traditions than us, um, they're still part of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's exciting to me because that means like in heaven, we have a variety of people we get to know and we get to hear about and, and, and be around. Like, that's so cool. Um, we're not all the same. And honestly, that's refreshing for me as someone who grew up in the church. I get tired of the same kind of people all the time. And I just think it's so important for, especially as believers who know the Holy Spirit, and, and who hopefully are carrying another level of fullness because of that, of the Lord, to not falsely judge other believers who really have a relationship with him because it looks offensive to us and because their theology looks offensive to us. And, and to just, I don't know, honor their relationship with the Lord, their pure relationship with the Lord, even if it's different. So good. And I love that about your heart, and I think it's important for us to hear and remember. And um, people aren't the enemy. Right. There are extreme situations where people will partner with the enemy and make themselves the enemy. But in general, people are not the enemy, and and the enemy is the one that comes in with the spirit of religion and idolatry and lures our hearts. So I feel just in closing with that question that mm-hmm. dad answered, you did a great job is I feel like a anger towards the enemy over the way that he, he took an entire denomination that's so prevalent in the earth and made religion so front and center with it. But when I look at, like you said, you know, our brand of the church it's there too it just looks different feels different but it's the same enemy yes with the same tactics and so it's important within each of our hearts that we we view each other as you know other sons and daughters of god back to your other question even those who maybe don't even believe there is a god yeah they still are sons and daughters of god they may never choose to acknowledge him as father, but he sees them as their sons and his sons and his daughters. And so people aren't the enemy. We get to see the enemy and be angry with what the enemy does, but um, not disconnect from someone because they're a part of something. And we have to be careful not to, in, in this day and age, to want to disconnect from even our branch of the church because There's stuff that's exposed and being exposed and will be exposed, you know, in, in, um, you know, things like 
like the whole thing that came out on Hillsong, like that that's some level of idolatry there. It's yeah. not just a person who is dysfunctional who allowed himself to be controlling and and I idolatrous in his relationship with people. But obviously he didn't start off that way. The right. enemy used him that way. And the enemy set up the people around to allow that to happen. And so we all have to take ownership in pointing at the right place, which is the enemy and, and shining light into the face of, of the darkness that he is mm -hmm. so that the people that have been blinded can see the difference between the light and the dark. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, good. it's very good. So I love that God is, has you interested in, you know, you and Chris have been interested a lot in, um, Judaism and, I know that you as a family. In biblical Judaism, I'd say, yeah. 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 Not rabbinical, but yeah. yeah. And you as a family have um, chosen to celebrate Shabbat and other aspects of that. And and I love your hunger for um, learning what you can from Catholicism and finding Jesus in that as well as the yeah. things that you're already familiar with from growing up. Yeah. So, um, and... I think even going back to your other question about, you know, when you have kids or people in your family that are not on the same page as you, ultimately it comes down to like trusting God and his voice um, in their life yeah. and his ability to speak to them. So I trust your relationship with God because I've seen the fruit of it, yeah. but I also trust even more than that, God's heart for you. Yeah. And he knows how to walk you forward in your relationship with him in ways that I did my best while I was accountable for you, but I can just come alongside you now as a cheerleader and enjoy you where you are and know that it's, it's just a part of your walk with him and he's going to help you land where you need to land in all the different things that you um, are interested in and exploring and, Thing. All of that. Okay, I know we need to wrap up, but I just have this made me have one more thought that I think is important for people to hear. Um, and I, I talk about this in my book as well, specifically as it relates to my relationship with dad. But I went through a time in college where I was like really struggling with mental health and spiritual things and just really, really being attacked. And was it's the only time that I ever questioned God really. Um, and it was like for a two week period, it was the worst two weeks of my life. <laughs> and during that time, but it was probably like a year long of me questioning things about the nature of God. Like, is he really good? All this kind of stuff. And I'm mostly saying primarily dad, just because yeah. he was the main person I was talking to during this time. But, but you guys are the same with this. Every time that I talked to either of you, but I was talking to dad for like two hours on the phone every single day. So patient. <laughs> so, so patient. And I never felt like you were scared. I never felt like you were like, oh, I hope she's going to turn out okay. Like, I, I felt that you were so confident in the Lord that even when I was doubting God, I got to borrow your confidence. Well, that's and I was like, okay, I don't really know if I trust God right now, but I trust my dad. And I've seen, like, God, if he's real, make things pan out for my dad. And so I can probably trust whatever he's trusting. And so I think people cannot underestimate how important that is with their children to interact with them like you know that the end of their story is a good story. That's good, yeah. Because 
that is part of why I never walked away from God. Because yeah. I, I, I wasn't, I didn't have to like fight anything because you were not pushing anything on yeah. me. You were just like, yeah, I know this is going to be fine. And so because of that, I was like, okay, dad seems to think this is going to be fine. Probably will be. Yeah. And even if I had had more of a rebellious personality about it, I think it would have still been helpful because I wouldn't have been like, I couldn't have been mad at you for anything because yeah. you weren't trying to shove anything down my throat with your beliefs. It was just yeah. a quiet confidence in the Holy Spirit. And and I think if people can do that with their kids, um, that would be so helpful. Really and good. That's really, really good justice. And I think that's such an important um, bit of wisdom for for right now and part of the reason I wasn't concerned um, and not concerned I wasn't just having to, to fake it I knew what I did and I I went through every foundational doctrine that was taught me there's a point where you just like it was your your parents faith mm-hmm. and it's got to be yours and it can't be yours unless you've tested everything and so I'm talking, you're saying what kind of foundational things? Well, just testing the Bible. Why do we trust the Bible? Um, and, and you know, you, you start you, you start from there. And, and so you look at, I mean, I, I looked at everything. I went, uh, for instance, Protestant Reformation. I probably read 3,000 pages on that. And I read probably a third from the Catholic perspective, about a third from the Protestant perspective, and about a third from secular perspective, I was like, this is the same story? It didn't seem possible at all. You know, from the Catholic side, like this this is the most demonic breaking up of a God thing. And then um, obviously there's much more borderline idolatry when you will will read the glorified Protestant version of Luther. Luther. And then there's a secular, like, wow. But, and I think, particularly to the degree you're called to be a leader, you're going to do that more. So I know justice and I knew justice is called um, to be a leader. And so I was like, no, she's going to have to check everything out. You're going to have to consider everything. It's kind of my lifestyle now. <laughs> yes. And so don't be weirded out. Don't be freaked out. If, if you're at a stage where you have your kids doing that, and even if they... Um, you know, sometimes this, you've heard the whole proverbial baby with the bathwater. The bathwater yeah. was so dirty around a baby, a situation, church, whatever. They, they for a moment, throw out the baby with the bathwater. And it's what you hope they don't do. But then you, you understand that this is part of their journey. You trust the Lord. You answer questions for them. You walk before them the best you can. And, um, and I, I think that's uh heads you in the best uh best direction possible yeah. and i think somebody needs to hear this um you know maybe you're hearing this and you're like i didn't do any of that i did panic and i did try to shove it down their throat and i don't even speak to my child now I or just, yeah. my family member or whatever and mm. i just want to challenge you that it's not too late yeah. to go back so and say from a place of sincerity, I handled that, I realize now, in a way that was not healthy at all. And so forgive me. And if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't have panicked and I wouldn't have disconnected. And I would tell you that the God that I know, I'm going to choose to trust and not... 
um, get in his way of whatever, wherever you're at in a relationship with him or not a relationship with him. I respect where you are, the boundaries that you maybe have put up and, and I, I really want you to know that I want to learn how to enjoy you just like you are with the choices that you've made and um, feel free of responsibility to love you with an agenda because God doesn't love us with an agenda. He just loves us because he absolutely loves us. He can't help but love us. We're an extension of who he is, just like your child, at least at one point in your life, you felt like they were an extension of who you are. They're your own flesh. So you you can say, I, I don't want to love you with an agenda. I want you to know that I truly let go and I just want a relationship with you. And whatever you think that needs to look like, some of you, it's more complicated than that because you've got family members wanting you to call them a boy when they're a girl or whatever. It's hard. It's so complicated. But you know what? Between you and the Holy Spirit, it'll look different for each one of you. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is saying to you, you have permission to enjoy them just like they are. And if you've ever gone on the record, or maybe even you didn't, and they're smart enough to read between the lines, they know where you stand. They know where you stand. So maybe they just need... A connection with you while they're figuring it out on their own and they might wander for a while but at least you won't have regrets in life of um because I believe God makes up for lost time I really do and I don't know you know Johnny just said something about like if for a moment they have to whatever well sometimes people's moments last for years yeah. you know and you look and you're like how how will that ever change I don't know. I don't have control over that. You don't have control over that. And so what we do have control over is whatever time we do have here on earth. And so I'm going to love everyone around me like they already are who they're going to be for eternity. What, you know, am I going to get in trouble for that? I don't think so. I don't think so. But thank you, Ja. And um, thanks for having me. Will yeah. you tell them real quick, just a little teaser about your book. It's not out yet. And depending on when you're watching this, if it's been a few months, then it will be out. It should be somewhere, hopefully around November, 2023. So depending on when you're watching this, then you can. It's really you know, soon. Any way you look at it. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a book for women. I mean, if you're a man and you want to read it to learn about women, that could be helpful, but <laughs> it's for women and it's called from feminist to feminine. And in it, I share some of my story of going from kind of accepting feminist views because of some different encounters I had with, I would say, abrasive men growing up um, to now definitely not being a feminist anymore. And sort of that was like a whole journey that I went on with the Lord. Um, and during that time, um, kind of smack in the middle of this process is when I won Miss Tennessee USA. And so... There's just a whole lot of my story in there uh, with endometriosis and pageants and everything. But I also give like history of the feminist movement and I share different things that are kind of what undid my feminism for me. I call it like deconstructing feminism. Mm -hmm. And then I hopefully lead everyone back to a place of like, okay, if we don't have feminism, what do we have? And what we have is an incredible purpose in how God created us as women. 
And I think unfortunately in the Protestant church, we have not talked about this enough. We have not given women, um, you know, by wanting to embrace Paul's teachings, we've overdone it and just kind of relegated women to like a second class citizen position. But like we're 50% image bearers. And so even though there's roles that are different, um, our value is not different. Our value is is the same to the Lord. And so that's hopefully what I lead people back to at the end. There's a lot of journaling and art and poems, and it's going to be and she's an a great experiential. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a great communicator, great writer. Thank you. And, and so... Thank you. It's an excellent even, book. I had good just... teaches. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, that's going to yeah, be Yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. And hopefully, it's also it's vulnerable to be sharing it, but hopefully... It's something that'll bless people and encourage women. Yeah. So women of any age, I mean, it's something that you can really get a lot from it. If you're a little older, it'll help you understand the younger end of our generation and be able to speak wisdom into their lives and understand kind of the struggle that it's been for them. But she also acknowledges, you know, where the older generations have um, had to wrestle through the same subject. Yeah. So it's really something that I think bonds us from generation to generation. Yeah, I hope so. And I'm excited about my mom, Nan, reading it. Me and too. her hearing, you know, from your perspective. Um, so yeah. be sure to get her book when it's available. If you're part of our um, email list, then you will definitely hear about it. But we'll also be putting it out on social media and our other platforms. So All right. Do you want to briefly pray over everyone? Anything that's on your heart? Sure. Dad, did you have something you want to say? Um, You know, since you brought that up, obviously she said this is for women, but if you're a dad and um, you probably want to read it for yourself for the perspective, but you might want to, you know, pass it on to your daughter. Uh, So um, this, this is, I think it's not just niched for women because um, all men come from women. So <laughs> it's true. Paul said that too. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I know Chris also loved your books. So, yeah. It's yeah. more that the journaling is obviously geared towards women. Yeah. Um, but you could skip the journaling parts. Mm-hmm. For well, you sure. read it for a different purpose. A man, uh, like I said, a dad or a leader doesn't necessarily have to, for his own instruction, but he's reading is like, man, I want to recommend this. I want to pass it on to true. women I know. If you're a leader, you're going to say, I want to recommend this to women, whatever, my group, my church, my whatever. Sure. All right. Um, Okay. Awesome. Well, Lord, thank you so much for just giving me incredible parents and for giving everybody who's listening just a chance to be able to hear from them and um, just for, for their hearts in the way that they're humble enough to have these conversations with me. I'm just their kid. And I'm so thankful for that. And I just ask that everybody who's listening today would um, be encouraged in their interactions with other believers who are on a different page, with people who are not even believers who are on a different page, that you would just give each of us wisdom in interacting with others and knowing, you know, what does love look like in this situation um, and, and navigating the difficult things, the difficult parts of protecting our children from people who are different, but also loving at the same time. That's yeah. just, it's hard. Um, we just ask that everybody listening would just be given a new grace from you yeah. for that process and, and that you would help us to be gracious towards ourselves as well. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time on Up for Discussion. Mm-hmm.